Well, welcome everybody to The Greatest Unknowns. I'm your host, Alex Caperton. Now, a little bit about this podcast for people whose first time watching. Uh, for every Star Wars or Blade Runner or Indiana Jones, there are always a bunch of movies that slip through the cracks. Uh, some are foreign, some are independent, uh, and others are just plain lesser known. And that's where I come in, trying to bring movie enthusiasts together to watch some of The Greatest Unknowns. <laughs> and tonight I am joined by two guests. First of all, um, a community theater enthusiast with aspirations, Mr. Stephen Yoho. Stephen, how are you today? Hanging in there. Uh, generally enjoying myself at the moment, especially. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, I'm going to have you, uh, let's tell us about some of your favorite roles that you've played. All right. Um, I kind of stumbled into it. My sister was doing some community theater when she was nine. I was in the hallway getting a drink of water and a gentleman uh, needed a fleance for a production of Macbeth. And you there, boy, come here. And uh, <laughs> so I got some decent Shakespeare in uh, teenage years. Uh, fleance was where I started, but I got Lysander and then Richmond and uh, uh, Richard III. Yes. It's been a while. More recently, or over the years, I've done a couple of pit. I was the bass guitarist for Music Man and Godspell. Um, uh, Man of La Mancha was the bad guy, Pedro. And then most recently, uh, unfortunately, it was cut off by the pandemic. I got cast as Cary Grant's role, what's his name, uh, in Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, yeah, uh, Brewster, Mortimer. Mortimer, Bruce. yes. Oh, uh, we man, were, you would have been great. <laughs> we're still hoping to put it up. And uh, yeah, we were just a few weeks away from opening. But uh, that's probably a good sum up for me. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad to have you here with us. And uh, I'm also joined by, thank you, <laughs> also joined by Shane Stefanchik, who I just learned how to pronounce his last name tonight, even though I've known him for like four years now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing tonight, Shane? <laughs> doing well, doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Now, Shane, you are a uh, actor, writer, and filmmaker here in Columbus. That's right, yeah. Whole, now, whole bang there. everything whole kit and caboodle and i knew you work with uh you've worked with mad lab a lot that is true yeah that is the theater that i have done a lot uh, a lot of stuff with uh done a couple things recently with red herring um as well so it's kind of been interesting through this whole thing seeing what little things can slip through the cracks of you know some of them have gone digital some of them have uh gone you know just like one person audience <laughs> so <laughs> Now, what's uh, the most interesting way that, uh, now that you've mentioned all the different adaptations like digital or one man or anything like that, what's the most interesting thing that you've either seen or done? Um, yeah, the, uh, a while back we did, uh, for Red Herring, it was a series of monologues, um, which is the first time I've done a monologue, um, but they, they streamed it um, live uh, using a Sunny Boo um, productions so another local uh person i know and uh, he's got his own stuff they're pretty great if you need live streaming stuff i'd say hit him up well that's awesome yeah i've um i've seen a couple of different ways i know uh i think red herring is doing a um a production about chester a arthur um that's an original is yeah. that red herring or uh i think so yeah, because I know someone in it. I know uh, Anita McFerrin is uh, playing oh, a character. I know her through uh, Dinner Detective. She's awesome. <laughs> and her husband is awesome, too. Mm -hmm. That man can do any accent in the book. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually a part of a... I was a, one of my most recent film gigs was a, I worked on A Puppet Christmas Carol where they did a video video theater, Carriage Place Players did, of a um, turned a Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge and all the characters into marionettes and had adapted it for that. And- That's excellent. It was so much fun. 
And John Heisel was the director. He did a great job with it and had so much fun. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. I will. Um, once we're done with this podcast, I'll send it to you. <laughs> Awesome. on uh, my Vimeo right now. But uh, anyway, speaking of stage, uh, now we, we all may have to rack our brains here because this was uh, um, the PC years pre-COVID, but <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you guys' uh, favorite theater memories or just things that you just really miss about being on stage because it has been a while? <laughs> Uh, just the familial sense of being with a group, sharing emotional experiences, having fun, being a little ridiculous, and uh, getting out of my head and uh, out of the house. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say yeah, all of the above, and uh, you know the um, just yeah, being able to step into another character, um, and you know what I'm gonna say the fear. You know, that that fear of like that, you, know, you step on stage and you're like, oh my God, do I remember the lines? Well, this is going to suck, isn't it? Nope, I'm good. This is great. I, I, I love that feeling, even though not at the time that I'm feeling it, but I do love <laughs> yeah. being able to tell the story about it afterward. Like there was a time that uh, I almost could not stop myself from laughing because a character came out on stage and... He said, instead of his line, he said something completely different. And it sounded ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I was in a production of Death Takes a Holiday my senior year of college. And the character playing Death was supposed to walk out off of stage saying, you are to be distinguished, sir. None have entertained death and lived. But he said, and just keeps on going on with his day. He's like, none who have ever entertained death have died. And he just walks away, and then I'm supposed to run on stage right after that, but then I hear him say, what did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> and I lost it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be challenging to follow. <laughs> I mean, everyone regained their composure, but um, I mean, that line would play back to me at the worst times. <laughs> trying to agree or find the words to agree with you guys about the the knife's edge of presence uh that is required to be on stage and there with the audience and so much uh balance and energetic exchange um it's a trip and a roller coaster ride and that's probably why most of us do it we're in it for the thrills <laughs> Uh, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, what are you guys? Uh, now, I know you're both actors. Uh, what are some of your favorite on stage moments that have ever happened? Like either disasters or just things that stick out to you? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Hmm. Uh, one that springs to mind. Uh, the last time I did Arsenic and Old Lace 20 years ago uh, was Teddy, uh, the crazy uncle. And uh, I was so in character, I uh, was running up the stairs and slipped. And uh, without any pause, the word indignation came out. Uh, and it was just perfect uh, at the time. That sounds like something that would become a meme right after that. <laughs> Before the land of the, yeah, no, if memes were a thing or, you know, yeah, at the time. I don't know. I don't have anything like that. It's just uh, that probably, um, oh, yeah, one of the first things I did was uh, it was a comedy sort of a sketch uh, thing. And uh, uh, I was supposed to like, I'm, I'm playing like this douchebag character. And so I had gum and I was supposed to like, sort of make out with this this the other actress and so we made out like and uh so i passed the gum to her and then i asked for it back and then put it back in my mouth and the audience just went no they were like oh it was that was good that was a good moment <laughs> some of the best unscripted things just happen in improv <laughs> oh yeah 
I tell you, Absolutely. one of the weirdest disasters for me, and it wasn't as much a disaster as uh, just my last line in the show that I did. I was uh, with Capital University. We did a stage adaptation of a Stephen King story, and my character, the very end of it is my character is supposed to find out that he's a ghost and not accept that he's dead. And anyway, so for my character, I had kind of a like Boston, a New England, um, New York accent. And for whatever reason, I, when I would say this one line, I would just, one word would sound like it was in an Irish accent and I worked on it. And then we get to performance day and I get up there and in front of everyone, I don't want to listen. You're scaring me wife. <laughs> And that was my last line in the show. And then I'm just like, oh no. And the guy who's playing the narrator had to turn around and laugh toward the wall. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh man. Although the best one that I've seen though where someone flubbed the line was uh, I had a friend who was uh, trying to give a Scottish accent to when he played in A Christmas Carol, The Second Spirit. But it caused him to say, like, instead of, I see a crutch that bears no owner, he said, I see a crutch that bears no owner. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, going off of that, uh, now, have you ever been or known someone who has been typecast in any way? <laughs> Well, I would say I, I've been cast as a vampire at least six times. Um, so Are I would call that tell us something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's why we can't see his picture. He doesn't show up. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was cast as the drunk pirate once, and I was just like, all right, uh, this isn't going to require like a whole lot of acting, but sure. <laughs> you go. Know? Um, I mean, it helps that your last name is Yoho. <laughs> it's, I've actually had a theater induced pirate complex since I was about three. I uh, went to see Peter and Pan, uh, Peter, Peter and Peter Pan on Broadway, and I wasn't heavy enough to hold the seats down yet and was scared of the pirates. And my mom was just like, listen, they're saying your name. And I was like, oh, same team. Okay. All right. It's, there you uh, go. <laughs> anyway uh yeah no there's plenty of typecasting uh uh but i don't i haven't really thought about it much for a while yeah i'm trying to think if um i don't know if i've been typecast but i've seen people who are like i remember there was this guy that i knew who everything that i ever saw him in because he had this really deep voice he always played a mobster <laughs> For sure. No matter what. And then I remember I talked to him one day about it. He said, oh, I don't know. I kind of want to play a romantic lead. And I'm like, the... <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, give it a try. Be Rise, fair son, and uh, whack the envious moon. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't think James Earl Jones gets a whole lot of, uh, you know, romance. Uh, he should. He should get some romance roles. He could. <laughs> but it would be scary. A little bit. I mean... Just a little bit. <laughs> unfortunately, um, with the, the society we live in, I don't know if uh, studios would say like, oh, here's a romance movie. Uh, the romantic lead is a man who is almost in his 80s. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was 90. Okay, 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I get your point. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but speaking of typecast, that's uh, what this movie we're going to be watching is about, Friends and Romans. Um, the premise of the movie is it is about uh, a group of extras in New York who always play mafiosi characters in different commercials or mob shows who've decided to do their own production of Julius Caesar. However, a real mob boss <laughs> is hiding out in the cast undercover. Now, Looking this, forward to it. Thank you, thank you. 
Now, this movie was directed by, I'm trying to, here's another name that's a little bit hard to pronounce. Uh, I'll send this to him, and if I got it wrong, I'll let him tell me. Christopher Kublin, K-U-B-L-A-N. This is only a second movie, and it stars uh, Michael Rispoli, who was also in episodes of The Man in the High Castle and the movie While You Were Sleeping, most recently, and also played in Kick-Ass. All right. All right. Well, without further ado, uh, Shane, Stephen, are you guys ready? Ready. Yes, sir. All right. And to our listeners, uh, go ahead and hit pause on the podcast, hit play on the movie, and we will see you back here in about little, give or take an hour. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Greatest Unknowns. At this time, the podcast is in intermission, and we would like to remind you to pause the podcast until you have finished watching the film in its entirety. We will be entering the post-viewing discussion shortly. Once again, thank you for listening to The Greatest Unknowns, and enjoy the film. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is Alex Caperton. That was uh, Friends and Romans. I'm here with Stane Stefanczyk and Steven Yoho. Now, uh, how'd you like the movie, guys? Uh, initial thoughts right after watching it? It was a fun one, especially having uh, Shakespeare uh, appreciations and uh, uh, humorous mob films are the way to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Again, you know, not knowing what to expect. Um, so that was a, it was a, it was a really fun, fun ride. Yeah, I really, I loved all the little quotes that would come up, like the Orwell quote and everything. But uh, I love how they just sort of shoehorned lines that were from Shakespeare in regular conversation. Like, first thing we do, kill all the lawyer talk. and. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they, they, it was clear it was an impassioned project. They hit a lot of the notes that I have on Shakespeare. Uh, recitation versus actual acting is a big problem with Shakespeare. Um, a lot of people don't actually know what they're saying when they're saying the words. Uh, but they, they knew that and they're like, yeah, no, you gotta say, know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Come on, guys. <laughs> Got to get one of those Shakespeare translators in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Shakespeare stories, but uh, I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit there are some times where I'll have to read something four or five times like, oh, that's what he's saying. That's commentary of the day. At least, or, you know, uh, if you've got a lot of lines, you end up most of the way through a run and you're like oh that is what that one uh, okay okay or even better when the show is totally over and then it's two weeks later and then you're just right. sitting in your room oh that's what <laughs> definitely <sighs> although that happens with the anton check off as well <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh man I'll second your, uh, I love quotes, um, and that was nice interjection um, and selection. Yeah, that made it a lot of fun, a little bit of a pandering to the Shakes nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Shakes. Willie Shakes. <laughs> but yeah, I, we were, uh, Shane and I were talking, said we recognized a lot of the folks who were in there but uh, like Shane you said you're pulling up IMDB to see what else they were in yeah so uh so the main uh the main guy uh Michael Rispoli mm -hmm. um the the two two main things that I recognize him from are uh uh Big Joe in Kick-Ass the movie Kick-Ass right um and also, uh, he was Spinner Dunn in Death to Smoochie. Classic. Hmm. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Edward Norton, Robin Williams. Been too long. <laughs> like, like, I saw that picture. I'm like, oh, my God. 
it's that guy. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, interestingly, uh, I was reading a little bit about him. Uh, he was in contention to play one of the lead roles in, I believe, he was in contention, I believe, to play Tony Soprano. I will look that up again and like, but he ended up playing a different character on the show who died four episodes into the first season. But um, I mean, it was no lie. He was in the Sopranos, so <laughs> give or take. Makes awesome. sense. <laughs> and so it's nice when uh, it, there's some truth to the fiction. That is true, except for the, for me, the only thing that really got me was the suspension of disbelief of they put a Shakespeare play together in less than two weeks. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mean... that kept going. It was like, like, oh, we're, we, we're, uh, you know, we're, uh, we've got this play coming up. Like, you guys just started. No, you don't. <laughs> Set Maybe. was built in 12 hours or less. <laughs> and all the blocking was perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, being able to put flyers on cars in a used car lot and then at grocery <laughs> stores and then packing the house. The packing the house, that, that was the one. I'm like, I've never seen that in real life. <laughs> definitely uh, required a slight suspension of disbelief. <laughs> a little bit there, yes. Uh, I mean, a lot. <laughs> it's It could happen. I mean, I've been close a few times. Yeah, we had um, all but one row. Um, and then before people left at intermission, but uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> I'll, I'll call that a win. <laughs> what was it? What show was that? Oh man, I'm trying to remember because I did some, I did a couple of shows with LTOB and they had their thrifty Thursday days, which uh, great for the price, but uh, at the same time, it was on a Thursday night. So mm. not always the biggest crowd on the Thursdays. Sure. sure. For the mat. <laughs> Certainly. But yeah, I mean, I also thought it was interesting, um, like I, I had mentioned typecasting a little bit in the intro, um, and I've talked to people who are of Italian descent, and um, honestly, they're not really huge fans of the mafia movies because of the stereotype. Mm. Well, and that, I think that kind of, I mean, that was a good through line of the movie, too. It's like, like, hey, look, you know, we're actors. Like, let's be serious. Let's, we're not just this one note kind of right. a thing, which, which it was nice. It was nice to see, you know, I was worried for once or twice that it was going to be like, you know, just some, some macho, like, like, whoa, hey, whoa, like, I am wearing that. Like, <laughs> and they, they kind of hinted at, they kind of hinted at it just a little bit, but then it was like, ah, ah, <laughs> which, you know, I really appreciate that when you can, like, Hey, look, it's stereotype, but now we're not going to do that. <laughs> that was kind of nice to see. Although I think that uh, everyone has acted with that one person who looks at the costume like, oh, no way am I wearing that. <laughs> I'm not going to walk out on stage and humiliate. <laughs> yep. Cross guarded. <laughs> <laughs> Just like an Uncle Buck. This hat angers a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought um, the line about like the guy who said, well, I'm Jewish, but um, I thought that was an interesting little monologue there because even watching movies nowadays, it's like, okay, you have these characters who like, are the accountant or something like that. And then like, I don't know. I, that's something that I've noticed is uh, now that I've watched the movie, I'm looking back at movies that I've seen like, oh yeah, <laughs> that is a problem. I, off the top of my head, was trying to think of a Jewish uh, lawyer 
stereotypes and didn't come up with more than a couple. Yeah. If that. <laughs> I'm still struggling. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Jimmy. I thought it was, as someone who is not Italian American, um, like that is one thing that it's like, I feel like I would have to have someone like say, hey, uh, do you get the like Godfather a lot or something like that because of their last name or. Right. Mm -hmm. If you sound like that, it would be a, a, a occupational hazard, I, I would assume. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites is the guy who plays Fat Tony on The Simpsons. And uh, Rossi on Criminal Minds, uh, his name is escaping me at the moment, but he's definitely got that uh, criminal, old school Italian gangster voice. Right. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's one thing. My, my first thought, for some reason, was Sylvester Stallone, but uh, as Rocky, but... <laughs> I can see it. But yeah, I think I think it's also kind of interesting. It's a testament to you saw these characters were people who played extras like as characters in the movie, but um I mean, again, they're people who you recognize their faces, but it's like, oh yeah, they were in that show. Did they have a name? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just trying to figure out the 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 girl, um, the daughter looked familiar too, um, from this movie, and she was in she was in the uh, hit three season MTV show Faking It, um, <laughs> if you recall that one. Uh, it was I think that was like 2013, so kind of around the same time. Yeah, I don't think I watched much MTV in 2013. <laughs> Sorry to say, but uh, I got my sure. reality shows from TLC, but. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I think it was well cast. I mean, I. Sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> I was agreeing with you. Ah. For the most part, it was well cast. I love seeing lesser known actors get larger roles, though. I mean, that I understand the idea of stardom, but uh, seeing people like. Oh, that guy's good. <laughs> yeah. As a um, small-time community theater actor myself, it warms my heart. <laughs> I uh, I did have to laugh because every now and then the uh, the guy who played uh, Joey Bananas, uh -huh. um, every like he'd walk on screen and be like, "Oh, John Hamm." I'm like, nope, that's not John Hamm. <laughs> like just his just his face was just for ever so slightly i'm like john, john ham's in this no stop i can see where you're going with that i yeah. i see that completely i feel like i'm gonna have to watch that movie again and just think like picture john ham's face over him <laughs> oh man i tell you what though watching it made me a little bit nostalgic for the pre-covid era I had that thought too at the very end when I'm like, oh, you couldn't do that scene now. Yeah. <laughs> None of them are wearing masks? <laughs> They're all sitting next to each other? So oh. reckless abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, as long as COVID's been here, 2020 was, I think we can all agree, a crazy decade. Different. Yes. <laughs> Uh, very negative neutral of <laughs> staying home and anyway it could be worse could be worse it could be could be could be on a ventilator <laughs> mm -hmm. ah. or worse you could be um, find the real life bear toe who isn't a mob boss but still has the personality that he did <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there were there were so many times where the movie like walked up to a line. I'm like, oh, they're going there, and then they kind of just then they backed away from it. And I was like, you know what? I like that they didn't go too heavy into one direction. 
kind of flirted with some stuff and then it's like yeah i like that yeah subverting expectations that um that was fun and um yeah <laughs> as i was watching it i was uh giving it a grade or a percentage grade uh, throughout and it was hovering in the like 82 to 83 range pretty consistently mm -hmm. didn't dip too much farther than a 73 maybe uh, you know uh, didn't get into the 90s much but overall it was a pleasant and enjoyable uh, show I'd agree with that I mean yeah. it's not something that's um like I think would it ever be like up for Oscar for best picture, but uh, I mean, it, it was enjoyable. And pretty well produced. Mm -hmm. Not too many complaints. I have a high level of uh, caring. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, make a comment about the cinematography, but uh, I mean, I get this is this guy's uh, second movie ever, but uh, I don't know. I enjoyed, as a video editor myself, I enjoyed the way that it was cut together. The color choice not being too um, poppy versus being too like dramatically muted. <laughs> yeah, well, and, you know, with them being on stage for like m major chunks, you know, it made sense that the lighting was a little stage-y. Uh, right. <laughs> I noticed, though, uh, there were a couple times in the house where it looked a little um, like sound stagey you know where it's like you don't like there are too many overhead lights in my opinion i'm like okay but that's me nitpicking <laughs> yeah when she was in her bedroom it looked a little um kind of like a dressing room of a like back lot or something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that was another thing that uh, i don't know if i would call it a problem with the movie that i had but um like i now, I will preface this with the, uh, I don't think any of us have been teenagers in a very long time, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I think that uh, it was a little bit, I don't know. I, I don't know anyone who would have ever like, oh, I can't be around a theater because I didn't get the part I wanted in this musical. <laughs> yeah, that was a little like um, unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah, and I've, and I've been in Guys and Dolls, and I like the musical, but it's not anything that I would uh, spiral into depression over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, teenage girls or teenage people can come mm -hmm. up with uh, reckless reasons to spite someone. Um, like, I don't want to go to your theater. <laughs> Especially if it's her, it's her dad, so. Right. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, and again, she showed up. Yeah. <laughs> she did show up. That is <laughs> the important thing. Yeah. I was like, so they, they showed it. There's the show's going on and she's just at home. I'm like, how first off, how long is this show? Second, how far away does she live? Because she just kind of was there all of a sudden. I'm like, they they had to have at least been like halfway through the show by the time she showed up, right? Uh, you know, Shakespeare can run long sometimes. Depends. Um, but, you know, it was interrupted by an FBI sting, so, you know. <laughs> That's fair. Which, that is which true. Then just kind of fizzled into nothing? <laughs> right. uh, a conclusory monologue. Yeah, the guy uh, delivered his lines so well, they decided, you know what, we're not going to arrest him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was nice. <laughs> Yeah, that was, um, that's another thing that I would say, like, suspension of disbelief got a little bit cut there was, um, like, the idea that it's like, okay, we have four plainclothes FBI agents who are in here, and... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm in disguise. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> hey, did you see this gold chain? Come on. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of good lines. Uh, what? Did somebody die? We're doing Shakespeare. <laughs> I'd prefer if someone died. 
<laughs> oh man but i mean speaking of high school i remember um my senior year we did a play that uh it was a mashup of a bunch of different shakespeare scenes into a variety show and i tell you what the idea that it's like these people are like but what do all these words mean i'm like take that and multiply it by however many thousand and then you've got eight high and middle schoolers trying to figure out tomorrow and tomorrow and <laughs> but in the end we had a great time but uh, i mean from that uh, it took a lot longer than two weeks <laughs> uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's not easy oof uh, especially with amateurs <laughs> <laughs> was reflecting on my theater experience and forgot I uh, had a weird high school and one of my classes ended up, my teacher asked me to help direct a Shakespeare class and we decided to, I picked Love's Labor's Lost because it had a, the most number of equally dividable parts to, you know, kind of give everybody a chance. And um, it was the first class in the morning and it ended up never getting produced like it just, <laughs> you can't get high school students to do Shakespeare at nine in the morning it doesn't it doesn't work Unless, well you can't yeah. get high school students to do almost anything at nine in the morning I'd argue <laughs> I don't do stuff at nine in the morning and <laughs> if we can help it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah from a all of your onstage experience guys, uh, like from watching it, uh, were there people that it's like the character where it's like, I've acted with this person. I've acted with the uh, two people who fall madly in love or the guy who is way more into the play than everyone else, but isn't secretly a mob boss. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely the, yeah, kind of the ones that take it way more serious than everyone else. Well, I mean, it's good for them, but mm -hmm. it's like, like, I'm trying to, I don't want to rain on their <laughs> parade, but it's like, you know, if everyone else is having fun, like, you know, lighten up a little bit, take it seriously, but we can goof off, you know, a little bit. Right. As long as you're not like pulling every random rope backstage and flipping every switch, then you're good. <laughs> yeah. There's certainly a healthy amount of play to being in a play. Nice. Uh, was noted earlier the, uh, um, what you call it, when you improvise, things can be the best things sometimes. That is true. That uh, I, I've seen shows where, like I've known people in them and I talked to someone, I was like, hey, I loved your line in this. And they're like, Oh yeah, that was uh, I had forgotten my line there, and then I didn't actually mean to do that, but it worked out. <laughs> For sure. And then I've also worked with those directors who are like blocking is king, and if you break the blocking, uh, I will find you. <laughs> I have I have not. Mine have all been relatively loose with with uh <laughs> that level of strictness which has been good because <laughs> i don't stick around long for i'm there uh as a hobbyist like i'm not trying to stress about this like if you're stressing i don't need to be around here um let's just have fun get some uh, emotional or some cathartic exercise happening and uh, up and out. Right. Yep. Let's strike the set first. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. No. And definitely don't. I had one guy sit in the audience and watch everybody else strike the set because he was thought he was too much of the star. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, no. This is community theater. This is uh... <laughs> sorry. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I understand people say like, okay, I have to go home because I've got work in the morning. Okay. But I mean, it's like, oh, um, I, I was planning on going on a date tonight. So I, I know that the show is over at six. Uh, can I be out by 615? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. Uh, if you desperately and honestly need to leave, we can usually tell <laughs> that you don't actually want to leave, um, but you have to. And you can tell the people who are like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, they're usually the ones sprinting out the door rather than... <laughs> mm -hmm. Got their costume off as soon as their scene's done. Right. Oh, speaking of costumes, uh, I don't know if any of you guys have ever worked as a, a stage manager or costumes manager on stage or... Not, uh... not. No. I'm going to say no. When the guy got marinara sauce on his toga... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you don't eat in your costume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they clearly didn't have a stage manager there. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the only thing worse than that is if someone was like, oh, hey, cool prop, take it home with me. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, do not touch the prop unless it is your prop. <laughs> That's something beat into my subconscious that I haven't <laughs> thought about for a while. At Capitol, we had a sign up um, for on the props table, but instead of saying, do not touch props, they made a typo and said, no, not touch props. <laughs> and they oh. left that sign up for the longest time. Can't do that. <laughs> so yes, touch props, I'm confused. <laughs> or maybe whoever put it up was Russian. No, not touch props. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, commas would be important. <laughs> or a comma. Mm. Ah, but yeah, the interesting thing, the stabbing scene when the guy brought the real knife and I know the plot point was he was going to kill someone. Did you guys hear about, I think, uh, 2016 or sometime before then, it was a production of Sweeney Todd where the director put in a real razor no. and his actor did not know. Oh. Yeah, no one died, but uh, somebody did have to go to the hospital and get stitches in his throat, which um, is probably one of the most painful procedures I've ever even heard of. Yikes. Hmm. Method acting. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, this is going to be awesome, but we can only do one take. <laughs> Remember, aim below the jugular, <laughs> but not near the voice box. This guy's still got to sing a solo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if all else fails, we have understudies. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. This show was, or this movie was just a, I don't know, trip down memory lane. What was, uh, this uh, may be a tough question to answer, but what would you guys say is your favorite show or like, if you had to pick of every show you've done, what are like your top two favorites? Uh, give, can you give us a, a, a qualifier for favorite? I mean, one that just like sticks out, like in your memory, something that like, even if you didn't like the play, if you could do it over again with that cast, you would. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I did. Um, one of the ones that I really enjoyed, I did. Uh, it was a young writers um, at, uh, at Mad Lab. And so it was written by a high school student. Um, but it was basically uh, this girl was being uh uh, sort of haunted by death, which I played. I played death, so that was fun. No kidding. That's to be super creepy and super, you know, like sort of a larger than life character. Um, 
and uh, uh, got smacked across the face full force. Uh, that nice. Was, um, got to like absolutely lose my cool, but then try to collect myself. It was a nice range of of things, and the cast was was fantastic because um, it mixed with some of the some of the Mad Lab folks and also some high school students. So it was a it's a really fun fun project. That's what makes it fun. I mean, people of all different skill levels getting together to make an amazing show. Yeah. So you got one. Do you want to say your second? I'll need to think about the second one. That was the first one I thought of. <laughs> all right, for sure. Uh, I managed to come up with my second one. Uh, but the first one was uh, Midsummer Night's Dream when I was 14 and I got to play Lysander and didn't I'd never kissed a girl, uh, so I wasn't at all the best romantic actor, but the community of the that cast uh, still sticks with me um, 20 years later. Uh, and then second would be uh, the complete works of Shakespeare abridged. Um, nice. I think uh, my friend Isaac Barden and Christopher Lee Durbin, uh, I think we were the first ones in the city to perform it. Um, John Heisel subs subsequently performed it uh, after he saw us do it. And uh, we had a good 95 people in the audience for one of the shows in the Van Fleet at the uh, Columbus Performing Arts Theater. Um, it was just a lot of fun and uh, ridiculous. Oh, man, that's what makes a good cast when when it's memorable and when it's people like, you know what, I would work with these people a thousand times again. Right. Um, I am still in touch with these people for almost no other reason uh, than we were in this show together. That's one of the best ways. I think uh, I can't think of a second one, but I know my number one would be the importance of being earnest. Uh, when I performed yes. with Worthington Community Theater, yes, I played Algernon. <laughs> Me too. Hey! <laughs> so much eating. It's a great role. It's, and, uh, I love cucumber sandwiches because of that show. Yes! Um, but I'm also... Yes. <laughs> I also have a fun little story. Psychologically uh, traumatized by... There was an ordinary little redheaded teenager who decided to prank my cucumber sandwiches with mustard juice like you know oh. you, when you shake the mustard up and just when <laughs> comes out um and so i was on stage eating these and like pretending like i was enjoying them but like internally being traumatized and to this day i still have a problem with mustard juice um anyway no it wasn't the worst thing but it's it's kind of a fun story i guess oh my god Okay, this wasn't an importance of being earnest, uh, but one of my very good friends, when the first time I did Death Takes a Holiday, I did that show twice. The first one was when I was in college, and my friend Dan was playing Death, and he was supposed to be in this point uh, in disguise as a human, and he was supposed to chug down wine and talk about how much he enjoyed it. They set this, uh, like, it was fruit punch or something, and iced tea mixed together. It tasted funky, I shall say, but uh, <laughs> they set it under hot stage lights for hours, and then the liquid began to separate from the sugar, <laughs> turning it into water and gelatin. <laughs> Yikes. Hmm. He just, when he was saying, I think I shall enjoy your wine, he just had this look on his face. He's like, Oof. It is, uh, yeah, that's no good. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, luckily I don't have any bad food stories like that. The worst the worst thing that ever happened was was actually that same play where I got slapped across the face and uh the one night i just i forgot to close my jaw so as she she slapped me across the face i heard a pop and like i had the next line and so i just kind of <laughs> it was like a good 10 seconds of like i don't know what to do here my jaw has <laughs> popped out of place i got it back in and i delivered my lines but that was it's like just Oof. really threw me off <laughs> ouch <laughs> what do i do 
That's called <laughs> suffering for your art. <laughs> she enjoyed it. She had fun. Uh, this was uh, Kristen uh, Green. Um, yes. <laughs> so I know her. She, she quite enjoyed. She quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask her about that day now. <laughs> <laughs> She'll probably tell you the same thing. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I remember there was one time where I fell off the stage. I was a. It was a musical I had done, and I was walking toward the edge of the stage while singing, and suddenly, no more stage. And. <laughs> <laughs> landed in the audience and just like you know what i can either keep going or i can keep going <laughs> past all the gasps <gasps> i'm not to do that <laughs> carry on all fine and good until the director comes up to you hey you were off blocking then i don't know what you were <laughs> which didn't happen thank god but <laughs> <coughs> hmm. oh man but yeah so would you uh, be would this be a movie you would recommend to people like whether they're in theater or not I would say I feel like I would recommend it um, certainly if they know and love Shakespeare I think they would get even more out of it than i did um mm -hmm. i think in general yeah if they're like hey what uh did you ever hear about this movie I'd be like oh yeah you should check it out i'm there with you probably if i know someone's particularly enthused by mob movies shakespeare and community theater i'll be like this is the movie for you you should see this otherwise uh you know there's a whole lot of quality content in the world these days right i'd probably recommend it um but i mean there would be the parameter of i wouldn't just say like hey here's a movie to watch on a friday night it's like oh i'm a really big shakespeare nerd i have a treat for you <laughs> <laughs> for sure hmm. oh man at least one person i'm going to recommend it to <laughs> yeah oh yeah same Yep, I can think of uh, I can think of one who would definitely like it, and uh, a couple of people who would get a chuckle. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for watching the movie with me, Stain Shafanchik, and uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> I love how that was right out of the gate, though, where it's like, DeMaio, it's DeMaio. I'm like, hey, call back to what we were talking <laughs> Yep. All right. Well, Shane Stefanchik and Stephen Yoho, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you. Had a yeah, lot of fun with Sunday. guys. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I, yeah. Good to get to watch movies with people these days it's absolutely <laughs> doesn't happen as, not as often as it feels like it should and that's what this podcast is for <laughs> and I of am. course you guys are welcome back anytime you'd like to Thanks. absolutely yeah looking forward to the next one thank you much thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the greatest unknowns if you like what you heard tonight, subscribe to The Greatest Unknowns on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and make sure to like us on Facebook. We'll be back in two weeks with a different movie and different guests, so goodbye until then. We'll see you next time, and remember, if you see a movie that you think should be featured on an episode of The Greatest Unknowns, make sure you message it to us on Facebook, and we'll try to fit it into the schedule. So long, everybody. Have a great night.